Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Weekly Podcast with me, Peter Watson, for the week commencing Monday the 11th of October. I'm joined today by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Duncan. How are you doing today? Hi there, Peter. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. So, um, this week... It's been quite a lot of stuff going on, as always. Um, I mean, you know, it is seven days, I guess. Uh, so there's bound to be... A lot can happen in seven days. Yeah, especially around the world. Um, mm. But anyway, um, so we're going to talk today um, about... We're going to start off on the macro, as always. Um, bit of commodities stuff, uh, a lot of supply chain stuff, and a bit of consumer... <laughs> Consumer depression. That's I gonna say. Say. <laughs> we, we are going to try and stay as chipper as we can. Uh, space, we're going to try. It, it, might, it might get really dire. Uh, we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try. Um, you know. Um, anyway. Anyway. Let's let's get into. So let's jump in. So uh, on the macro front, you saw um, U.S. inflation rises um, were higher than ex- uh, market expectations. So they've reached levels now that um, that they hit in the summer, which were themselves um, the highest they've been for ten years. And the main reason behind that. That was grocery prices were mm. uh, were higher um, in the UK. Um, There's a lot of talk about interest rates rising uh, earlier than expected. Um, you know, in order to rein in inflation, um, there was uh, there, there was a, a member of the MPC, so MPC Monetary Policy Committee, um, which is a part of the uh, of the Bank of England, which is the and is the nine member group that decides what uh, what they're going to do with the interest rate. Okay, so anyway, so anyway, so one MPC member and the Governor of Bank of England, um, uh, who technically is also an MPC member, but anyway, um, they um, uh, in separate publications and interviews seem to imply that the market expectation that interest rates will rise um, by the end of this year. Uh, they were saying they were, you know, intimating that they were correct in thinking in, the, in those kinds of terms. Um, then we had another MPC member throwing a right spanner in the works um, as the uh, as, as the week went on, because uh, apparently he had had a meeting with an investment bank, and the rumours there were rumours after that that he had said, although he denied this, but he had said that uh, the MPC was not minded to uh, increase interest rates at the November meeting, but that they were at the December meeting. And then a few more days later, you then had um, other two other members of the MPC saying, "Oh, we can't raise rates uh, in you know too early. We've got to see some more data, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So it looks to me like December is nailed on. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. What 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 do you think of that? I mean, it sounds like the sweet sound of us potentially being right. So that's, I know. <laughs> so only, that's always only good. For, just, it's a good start. Only, <laughs> only, only just. just. December still this year. It still counts as this year. It was in December. So. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that. So that I reckon that um, yeah, we're skidding in. This would be the quick cricket equivalent of you know running full pelt uh, and then just making it your back on your belly. Just, but, yeah, sliding <laughs> in, just making over the line. Um, but anyway, uh, so anyway, so uh, c- could be could be quite interesting. Um, just to say that um, that uh, MPC or members of the Bank of England, anyway, uh, have meetings with economists at um, investment banks all the time. Um, it's quite cool for the uh, the the economists, investment banks, to meet them because they can 
boast about it to their colleagues, etc. Um, but also, um, it's good for the MPC members because um, they really can get an idea of what is actually going on in the market, what are investors actually saying at the moment. But because of this supposed leak, um, um, all MPC members have been banned um, from going out, having the wrist slaps, etc. Um, but anyway, um, so that's that. Um, and the IMF has downgraded the UK um, in, in its latest uh, World Economic Report, um, saying that rampant inflation is going to hamper our recovery. Uh, rampant yeah. is the word I used, not them. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean that's that's. Uh, you know, uh, interesting, but I don't think earth-shattering or indeed surprising. No, no I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say particularly surprising, but we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to get yeah. too excited. I'm not going to get too excited about being right yet. Yeah, it's no, two months no. till December. Do but... you know what though? When when we do, when it does happen, sorry, if it does happen, <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we will be starting this uh, this you know this podcast with. I told you so. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if 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 it doesn't, then we'll just remain quiet. Um, anyway, right. Next is next up is Germany. So Germany continues to lose confidence. Um, there's another survey talking about the um, loss of the confidence, and um, and I think that sorry about that. Uh, that was and, awful. <laughs> and um, and uh, anyway, yeah. So um, uh, it's hard again, hardly surprising. I mean, Germany is very much about um, uh, uh, about manufacturing. Um, and it is uh, particularly about cars. And the problem is, is that obviously cars are being badly affected by lack of semiconductors. I mean, I think that once conduct- semiconductors come back, you know, and, and we are supposed to have come, uh, you know, got over the worst of all this. But once they come back, um, they are, you know, Germany is going to rebound strongly. I would have thought mm. because there's still underlying demand. Although, I mean, I don't think everyone who wanted a car is is buying a secondhand car. Although, you know, obviously there are a lot of people are. Um, but anyway, I think it will be uh, interesting to see. The problem is, is this lack of confidence comes at a very delicate time for Germany. Um, we're they're still talking about a three-way coalition. Um, and, uh, you know, Germany is the, is the driver of Europe. And if there are problems in Germany, it means there will be problems in Europe as well. So um, so not great. Um, but I do think there is a possibility of a strong rebound once we start to hear reports that the, the um, semiconductor log jam is calming down which I don't know when that's going to be, but, you know, may, probably next year. Yeah, probably, yeah. But uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm the same about you on this one. The, the, there needs to be stability, I think, at the, at the top of Germany as well for that to all, for all work out smoothly, I think. Like I said, the three-way coalition just, until it's all finalised and things, just mm. it just spells, I wouldn't say yeah. trouble, but it, uncertainty, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah, for a, for, for a country sure. that's so heavily reliant, like I say, on manufacturing, they want, mm. they want the government to be stable Definitely. as well. Definitely. So, Definitely, um, you know, because that's the thing, is it? I suppose if Merkel was was in for another term, for another term, um, at least you'd have that to sort of hang on to. Um, but, yeah. uh, but you don't have that anymore. Probably probably be sorted if she was still in. She'd have worked out somewhere doing it. She seemed to be able to do that, didn't she? So yeah, <laughs> Mind you, you never know. I suppose yeah. But um, uh, she's she's probably going off to be to be a member of the Avengers or something. Oh, um, no this. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, can you imagine that though? Imagine that, you know, it's, you know, in a in a sort of Avenger-like costume, uh, Captain America brilliant. and Angela yeah. Merkel would be great. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, you heard it here. You heard it here. Um, so anyway, uh, next thing is um, Vietnam. 
Um, I, I find Vietnam is a very fascinating country. Um, I think that it's it's having problems um, at the moment because it's so Vietnam is often seen as an alternative manufacturing hub in Asia outside China. So with all the shenanigans going on between the US and China all the time, um, there's there's always there's always risk um, associated and therefore um, a, a lot of international uh, companies like Nike, Adidas, they have manufacturing operations in Vietnam because they want to keep a presence in Asia. Uh, anyway, during COVID, um, they had, did quite well for a time. Then Delta variant hit. Then it, they they went very draconian. Um, you know, you had you had workers um, sleeping on the floor, uh, being fed in the you know in their uh, factories and things, and working there as well. Um, for a time in in a way in trying to stop um, the virus from spreading anyway it did and um, a lot of the migrant workers went home and they Mm -hmm. don't have the money the transport or the right covid uh, covid vaccine papers uh, to get them back so tricky Um, is that going to mean that manufacturers going to go elsewhere i don't think so i think manufacturers have all sorts of problems going on at the moment. And I would have thought they'd think they'd take a longer term view on Vietnam and think, you know, we'll just, we'll just see this as kind of a one-off and hopefully they'll get through it because, you yeah. know, I guess everywhere is going to have problems at some point. Um, so, so they might as well just leave things as they are. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, we move on to commodities. Um, so coal is making, uh, 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 making a comeback and I'm not talking about Cheryl. Um, you know, coal is the black stuff. I oh, sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be. You're trying I'm to lighten the mood. Aren't I'm you? trying to lighten the mood because the <laughs> the end of this is going to be quite is going to be quite depressing. So anyway, coal is bouncing back, and this is according to a report by the International Energy Agency. It says that CO2 emissions are on track to hit their highest ever annual increase. Um, countries are basically um, throwing, uh, you know, renewables and green green stuff out of the window. Um, and they are they are g- going on to coal-fired power generation because that is there and they can do it and they need the energy now. Um, so uh, bad news for Greta and Greta fans, um, but the, you know I, I guess uh, needs must at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other uh, thing is that we've got. Um, uh, you know, China is ramping up all of its imports of coal and natural gas because it needs to generate more power. You know, to generate more power, uh, mm-hmm. and it, that's bad news for everyone because if China is ramping up in, imports of coal and natural gas, that means prices go up for everyone else. So, all very tricky. Staying with black stuff, um, oil price has been stronger. Um, it's so West Texas and Brent crude is above or sort of around $80 per barrel level, 80 to 82, whatever. Um, and that's because obviously recently OPEC decided not to open the taps. Um, and, uh, and there are now there's increased demand as well as some sectors try to replace gas with oil. Uh, and I don't think that that's not all, everything because obviously you can't do everything like that. But where it can, that's what they're trying to do. Um, and uh, and the other the other thing as well, it's also quite interesting that shale oil producers are facing higher, um, uh, you know, they're facing higher costs as well. So um, the wisdom goes that you've got all the traditional OPEC and 
uh, OPEC plus countries like that are red, led by Russia. So OPEC generally led by Saudi Arabia, non OPEC generally led by um, by Putin, um, and. You know, when you've got higher oil prices, um, shale oil producers in America get very excited uh, and then they start, you know, cranking things up. Now, the thing is, is for shale, um, shale oil production is more expensive, uh, a lot more expensive than the traditional method of extracting oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, some are saying that the oil price needs to remain above $55 per barrel. Um, in order for it to be worth shale producers producing. So, yeah. um, I mean, obviously they could do that now, but they have to be confident that this will last because the last time this you know, this happened, um, they really cranked everything up. They were saying, ha-ha, you know, um, no, you, you OPEC people can't control the oil because we're going to just, we're just going to produce loads. Um, and then OPEC basically said, no, we're not having any of that. Uh, and then they they cut the price of oil for ages um, <clears throat> and watched the shale oil uh, shale oil producers either go bust or um, have to consolidate with others. So, um, you, you know, it will be interesting to see uh, how that uh, how that goes. Um, uh, but I think that underlying there is going to be a, uh, you know the demand for oil will will continue to be strong it will uh, and we've got to remember that as they insist on keeping prices high and everything that has a knock-on effect for all of us doesn't it so I, yeah. I know a lot of people at the moment are worrying about about um, fuel prices being so high whilst oil prices maintain their level that isn't going to change anytime soon is it particularly with the no. increased distribution costs no. and supply chain issues and everything else i, th- I think it's about 50 percent is i think about 50 percent of the price of each litre you put in your car comes from the actual Mm. raw price of the oil um yeah. down back at production point so mm. if, if the other half is increasing because of supply chain issues and all that lot the knock-on effect of the oil price price mm. staying high is, is our petrol prices aren't moving for a while i don't think yeah there Which we go. knock on knock on for everybody yeah <laughs> Woo-hoo. um so i started so... the doom and gloom early now it wasn't yeah, you have. Section. sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right it's all right um so okay um other than that in, in commodities we've got aluminium prices zinc prices hitting new highs Aluminium is very uh, production is very energy intensive, um, and the price has now reached the highest level for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, zinc prices are set to uh, go higher because there's a uh, a zinc uh, a smelter called Nurstar, um, which is going is planning on cutting European output by 50 percent because of rising energy prices. Um, okay, so uh, next thing, supply chain. Um, so with supply chain, you may have heard a few things about Felix Stowe uh, this week. Um, it started off with Felix Stowe, but the port of Felix Stowe is kind of getting full. Um, then we heard that Maersk, which is the biggest shipping container company in the world, um, it is telling their ships to avoid uh, Felix Stowe because of the because of the backlog. Um, on the other hand, you've got um, President Biden in the US. He has changed the rules to make the port of Los Angeles open 24 hours. Um, this is not new for places in, you know, in Asia and Europe, but it, it is in, in the US. So um, that although that sounds good as a sort of headline, actually, it's not amazing because the problem is, is that you um, there is still the problem of getting the stuff from the ports to their destination 
Mm. Um, whether that's uh, on railways or trucks or whatever it is, there's still shortages to contend with. Um, for what it's worth, um, I my sort of personal feeling on this whole thing is yeah. that um, you need to sort out la- the land uh, elements of the supply chain before you sort out the sea end uh, of the supply chain. Um, yeah, definitely, because we what we were having was was containers backed up at ports, wasn't it? Because there was no yeah. one to take them onwards. So yeah. I don't think increasing the amount coming into the port is really going to help that situation. It's going to create a bigger pile, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it is indeed. Um, and I, again, I'm sorry, because I, you know, I do I do the odd podcast, uh, and I, I don't know if I've said this, I might have said this, I'm not sure, but I feel that... Um, we need the government needs a, a we need a dunkirk moment right we need mm-hmm. i think that the government needs to come out and say okay everyone you know i need, i think they need, there needs to be a big campaign they need to say anyone who's an hgv driver or who has been an hgv driver or who um you know who wants to be an hgv driver i i really want there to um you know we, your country needs you you know, and they really need to. I think they should play on that. Um, mm. You know, the fact is that there is a huge shortfall um, of of drivers. Um, they're all getting older as well, so there's going to be more people leaving the industry, I imagine. But um, I think that they need to do something like that to get people to do it. And this is controversial, and I don't know. I mean, I've no idea. This is just an idea. I'm just a guy, um, but. You know, I think so. Not only do they need a Dunkirk moment, I think that they should target the um, people in their 40s and 50s um, because they're more, most statistically most likely to be badly affected by furlough. Um, and yeah. I would suggest that, you know, drive uh, the future of driverless lorries um, is going to be it's going to it's going to be a while off. You know, I, I think it's 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 not going to be soon, um, but it will it will happen eventually. <clears throat> and my my argument is, um, you know, maybe 10 to 15 years, in which case targeting, say, 40, 50 year olds um, is a good idea because there'll still be plenty of stuff to do, um, you know, in the next 10 years. Um, but then, you know, after that, it might be tricky. But by that time, they're going to retire. Whereas if you did the same thing and you asked say 20 year olds to do it um they'll be in their mid-30s and then they'll have to retrain or you know whatever so so i like i say i think we need a dunkirk moment and they need to be trying to target the older uh, employee i think in my in my in my opinion um to try and help this because it needs doing and it's not gonna it's not gonna solve itself and and you know when you with i i i, I did feel like laughing when um the, the government said oh we're gonna get the army in don't worry everyone um they're coming in they're gonna deliver the fuel and then on the monday they said and here are a hundred more drivers <laughs> when, <laughs> when when the, the shortage, I mean, I forgot what it is, the number, but I mean, it's like, is it 50,000 or something? It, like, it was tens of thousands. Was it tens of that? It's like, yeah, not, well, not the hundred they provided or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think I said this uh, on another call this week, it's like turning up to a massive bushfire with a cup of water and then pouring it on a little bit of fire and going, there you go. I've done my bit. <laughs> it's just, it's just not going to work. Right. So. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how 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 that goes. But I don't know. What do you reckon? Dunkirk moment? Any good? Uh, yeah, I actually prefer. I hadn't thought about the, the kind of age specific targeting, but that makes complete sense. 
De- yeah. Definitely need, like you said, that kind of don't cut moment in terms of, yeah, we need this and we need you now sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But you're right, because I don't think this is going to be a long-term problem mm. in terms of the amount of years it's going to go on for. You don't want to be trying to get 18 to 21-year-olds in and going, oh, yeah, you, this is going to be such a problem for so many years to come. You've got mm. a full career doing this. Because like I said, they're going to end up retraining in 10 years. Mm. Mm. So actually, I, I'd never thought about it that way before. But the 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 age kind of category you just mentioned would yeah. be perfect to target, wouldn't it? I hope so. And you'd also you would possibly, I would say, I, I mean, this might be controversial, but I would say that they're more likely to stick with it as well because when you are made redundant in your forties and fifties, it's so much harder to get a job. Mm. especially in what you were doing, depending, I mean, obviously it depends on <clears throat> de- supply demands and, you know, what you're like and all this kind of stuff. But I would suggest that people in that kind of age category, if they retrain, they're more likely to stick with it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. There's, there's another category of people actually that might benefit as well. And I mentioned something about my my profession when we were talking earlier. This yeah. is something I can say on the podcast without yeah. like, talking about contracts and things. Yeah. Um, but there will be a lot of people. So for those who don't know, and we've never mentioned before, I mentioned fires. I, I in my proper job, essentially. Yeah. Um, and there yeah. are a lot of people that joined the fire service about thirty years ago when full um, retirement age or full like length of contract years and you and that was when you you got to retire so if you yeah. kind of if you kind of joined at 18 to 20 yeah you were retiring on your 50th birthday and there are a lot of people that are currently coming out of jobs like fire service like the other emergency services mm. with hgv licenses mm. that probably don't really want to retire yet because they're 50 and they still feel like they've got quite a bit of go in them yeah uh, but at the same time don't probably want to be putting their life on the line every day so there's a yeah. another bunch of people there you could quite easily it quickly requalified to get them the right licenses to drive the yeah. artists and that sort of thing. Yeah. And who probably would quite like to have something to go and do. Yeah. So there's another bunch of people that you could definitely target in terms of, well, yeah. actually we need you. Do you fancy coming and, and doing this? Yeah. 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 No, that isn't, that's interesting. That is very interesting, <clears throat> but um, yeah. So there we go. So we're solving, we're, we're solving this country's problems <laughs> one by Trying. one. Um, so, um, on a, on a slightly more um, a violent note, um, uh, butchers uh, are being given uh, overseas butchers are being given visas to to kill pigs. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's oh, that totally just... uh, that was seamless. That was seamless. That was um, beautiful. <laughs> Poetic. Um, that. Yeah. So you know, we're talking about obviously um, a shortage of workers in certain industries and things, and and uh, and. You know, pigs, uh, it seems so. Not, I think we've mentioned this before, but the, the number of pigs in population has increased a lot um, because the slaughterhouses don't have enough employees. I must say, I would definitely prefer to be a lorry driver than working in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, I think that the, you know, so that's quite interesting. Um, and that means that there's been a backlog of pigs. Um, the farmers are having to feed more pigs. The feed is getting more expensive, you know, and therefore they're having to destroy um, lots of pigs. Um, so that's why um, 800 um, overseas butchers, get, you know, uh, can get t- t- this temporary visa thing. Um, so, you know, um, uh, the pig- pigs are better watch out, I guess. I- either way, I, I suppose. Um, so anyway, um, that's yeah, that was that was that was interesting. Um and what else is there? Yes. Um, well, let's 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 get it. Let's let's do it now, right? We're so, gonna dive into doom and gloom. The doom and doom and gloom uh, section of the podcast. If you are of a, 
you know, if you're not feeling brilliant at the moment, listening to the podcast, probably best not to listen to the rest of this. Um, but, um, but anyway, I mean, if you've got through the pigs, you might be okay. Um, so uh, car and home sales have fallen in China. Um, that's because sh- shortage of semiconductors for cars. Also, China is cracking down on debt. Um, and specifically, as as we all know, it's all about um, real estate companies who are massively in debt. Uh, and so people are getting twitchy about, um, uh, you know, buying new places because they don't want to be exposed to developers um, with dodgy finance. So um, that's what's happening in China. Anyway, the let's let's talk about the uk let's right do so it. let's do it so rip the band uh, off let's go yes yes <laughs> so right um so households are not feeling so confident according to the latest uh, british retail consortium and kpmg survey um and all that's also backed up with barclay card data which shows that we're spending on groceries and fuel um that may be something to do with rising prices possibly um but it also might be the fact that um, households aren't feeling so confident and they're therefore only buying the essentials so if that is the case that is bad news for the economy because generally speaking consumer spending drives the economy um so so yes uh, i don't know that maybe that's a a wobble uh, as opposed to a trend um, it, it might be a yeah. while, but I think this probably goes for everything we're about to talk about, including that. We've got to be realistic and say this is something we probably expect. Mm. As we came out of restrictions and COVID and lockdowns, mm. everyone was always going to splurge a bit because we'd all saved a bit more and things were opening up again. Mm. And there was mm. always likely to be a slight retraction. I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying the word depression, but you know, I mean, a slight mm. retraction mm. after that. So I, mm. I, there is a chance, and I'm hoping this is true, that this is all just kind of part of that and it will pick up mm. again. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. going to say that now before we get into any more of the depressing stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Well, well, we might as well dive in. Uh, we'll dive in. So, yeah, um, I think households are set for a very difficult final quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, utilities bills uh, are going to uh, utilities bills are rising because of um, you know gas prices rising, which is putting utilities companies out of business, which is then forcing um, you know, it's that the, you know new utilities built. Uh, these existing utilities built uh, businesses are able to chart pass on more costs and uh, you know, all that kind of thing. So utility bills are going to rise. Food bills are going to food prices um, are going to be rising as well. You know, either the um, producers are putting up the prices for what you buy, or they're indulging in my favourite word of the week: shrinkflation, um, <laughs> which means charging the same but for less so packages are getting smaller so uh the the amount of peanuts you get in a pack are are smaller the um instead of walker's crisps um putting 24 bags in a multi-pack they'll put 22 bags in there all that kind of thing is all starting to happen already um Christmas dinner is going to be more expensive because um, CO2 producers are going to soon be able to charge what they like, um, which means those costs. So CO2 is used for killing the animals in the first place. And secondly, for packaging to keep the the stuff fresh um, for longer. Um, And they're going to be able to charge what they like soon. So those are probably going to be passed on to the consumer. I would have thought. Um, what else is there? And uh, also house prices are, are starting to pick up again. Um, I mean, that 
is often cause for celebration in a way because it means that consumers feel more confidence. Um, but um, it may be that, that they think, well, with all the bills, etc., I don't know if I want to or can even afford to move. So maybe I'll, I'll do up the kitchen or something. But if they want to do that, they're going to pay more because building materials cost more. You're going to probably have to pay your builders more because if they can't get the materials, you're still going to have to pay for them hanging around. Um, uh, your rents are going up uh, if you if you know, if you don't own your own home. Um, I just yeah, there's just there's just a lot more. Uh, you know, a, a pretty much everything it seems to me is is going to be going up in price. So um, in terms of uh, real estate elsewhere, um, you know. In China, we've got Evergrande, of course, uh, continues to have problems. You still, mm. as shares, as shares are still suspended. Um, it's missed another p- uh, interest payment, and there are increasing worries about further defaults. So it's very tricky um, at the moment. Um, yeah, that, that's teetering, isn't it? Let's remember, Evergrande are teetering on. Yeah. Or if not already there, massive, massive disaster. But yeah. So that is an ongoing, um, you know, that's an ongoing situation. And then another um, interesting points um, for this week. Um, so this is now, now this is our, you know, random stuff section. Um, <laughs> uh, so France is interestingly looking to increase the amount of nuclear power. Um, this is interesting because when Macron get, got into office a few years ago, he wanted to reduce um, uh, fr- uh, fr- France's reliance on nuclear generated power from, uh, I think it was 75% down to 50%. Um, I believe it's currently 70%, um, but he wants to put it up again because um, the fact that renewable just wasn't so, you know, rely- hasn't been so reliable. Um, and then we've got, uh, so that was that. Uh, then we've got LG Chem, um, which, you know, Korean battery maker, um, decided it's going to pay uh, General Motors um, $1.9 billion, so pretty much footing the bill for a very, very expensive recall um, that General Motors had to make of its Chevrolet Bolt because of battery problems. Um, I imagine this must have been really bad for them, LG Chem, to just pony up. And the reason being that um, I would have expected something like LG Chem to say, no, it's not our battery, it's your rubbish design. And then GM to say, no, it's not our, our fantastic design. It's your rubbish batteries. Um, and then just drag it out. But the fact that LG Chem has turned around and said, OK, here we go, uh, I would suggest is really admits the fact that they really mucked up here. So um, not great news, but I guess, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, it's one of those, uh, I suppose, if they think that the outcome was going to be they could possibly lose, actually, you want that out of the news as fast as you can, don't you? A battery producer, when we're looking towards electric vehicles, you're not going to want a long, drawn-out argument in the news that basically says yeah. your batteries are rubbish. So yeah. if, if you think there's a fairly good chance you're going to lose that, I suppose yeah. paying up and getting it out of the news quicker is probably yeah. is probably better for business long long term. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> um, and then the final thing um, is LinkedIn shutting down in China. Now, I mean, it's not really much I can say about that. I mean, it's the last. You know, it is the it is the last um, one to you know it's, it's the, the last social media company to sort of switch out the lights and uh, and and wander off into into the sunset. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, not 
not surprising given the, the uh, you know China's crackdown on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just wonder, you know, what what can take its place? Or I mean, you know, I I have to say I don't know how much LinkedIn was really used in China anyway. But um, you know, you wonder what else could come along, and you know whether whether that something else could make it over to the rest, you know, uh, to the West. I, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, got any got any more um, uh, observations or thoughts at all to share? I'll take those. <laughs> I take those. No, um, I think I think that actually I think that we've probably lost. Uh, I think that we've probably probably lost Duncan there at an opportune moment. Uh, but anyway, look, I am going to say uh, I, I'm going to say goodbye on behalf of Duncan, um, and also goodbye on behalf of me. Um, thank you very much indeed for listening to this call um, and to uh, sort of listening to the podcast even. Um, and, uh, and we'll be back again uh, very soon. And uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed. Have a lovely day, weekend, whatever you're doing. Try not to be too down on what we said about the consumer. Ultimately, I do think that this, the end of this year is going to be uh, a, a beacon of hope for, uh, uh, well, a beacon to, for companies to aim at um and so yeah we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens there because i think a lot of them will want to see uh will want to take stock of what they're doing at the end of the year and and whether they're going to shut down or carry on or, or whatever next year uh i think that christmas is going to be a good one i think everyone's going to be very keen on on uh continuing uh and and having a good time but next year might be a bit tricky at the beginning of the year but anyway more about that next week thank you very much for listening have a great weekend and i uh i'll leave you there many thanks bye